Blog Talk Radio. Showcase thing, but keep in mind 
uh, you know, in Phoenix City, they've never really booked Logan Creed. Like, Hensley and them just didn't like Logan Creed, and they didn't like Jeter. And that was the two people that it was sort of inexplicable, you know, like, um, <laughs> they're kind of the two guys who have the best chance of getting signed, you know, <laughs> like, uh, but for some reason they didn't really care for them before, but now they do. I, I do predict this, um, outside of a match with O'Shea Edwards, Logan Creed is going to tower above most of that roster. It's, it's going to be really fascinating to see how he's booked. He moves yeah. awfully well and, and he makes up for any kind of discrepancy. In fact, Larry, let me pose this rather odd question to you. Has there ever been a time to your memory when you've had so many guys who would be considered big guys in any wrestling league? Ken Jeter, Logan Cree, Austin Towers, uh, Michael Judas, who all were such, who, who, who all moved around considering their size incredibly well. I mean, there's no stiffs in that bunch, are there? No, no. They, they, they all move extremely well for their size. And when I think back in time to the big guys in Georgia, you know, like Stone Mountain, for example, a mammoth yeah. guy. But, no, he, he didn't have that kind of movement in the ring or, or agility. Different, different, different type of, of big man. Um, it is, we, it's, we, it's a remarkable time that we live in, is it not? I, just in terms of the sheer athleticism of the average uh, performer of note. Um, I mean, just really great stuff. Like, you know, Michael Judas, he's locking up with Sal. Those are two guys that can go. I, I mean, it's just everybody's main event are stuff to really be proud of. You know, Corey Hollis against Joe Black. Um, you know, all that Gunnar Miller against Logan Creed. I mean, all of these matchups, the big, like the big fight matchups, that all the leagues have going, really impressive stuff. All of them, really. So do you think we might know the finish of uh, Logan Creed versus Gunner? We might. Uh, that would, it would seem to be that way, yes. But uh, who knows? Dylan is quite the creative booker. So uh, oh. we'll see if we get, besides my dreaded, you know the match that I dread the most because I talk about it all the time, the foregone conclusion match. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Did, you, did you see in my uh, Pro South report, I referenced your foregone conclusion match and said, well, you've got your foregone conclusion match. I've got my perverse entertainment match. Oh, no. <laughs> I like perverse entertainment. I'll tell you, out of the two, yours has a better chance of being turned into an actual name of a league. Um, <laughs> I would go to perverse entertainment. I've got, and I probably have. Um, I, you know, that's that's. This is a minor thing to bring up, but there's leagues popping up. You know, it's it's like wrestling feels like it's kind of back. It's like springtime for wrestling again, as people lift restrictions and such. And there's a number of new leagues forming, and I wish I had written them down. My God, the god awful league name. Oh, I mean, I hate most everybody's name as it is, but the new ones that are starting up here in Florida, even worse. Hey, Why give, can't give me with one of the bad ones. Give me I'm, one I'm, of the bad I'm, ones. I was going to say, I wish I wrote them down. One of them, though, I mean, it was, it, was like this, it was like a weird adjective that they used, you know? <laughs> it was like wartime wrestling was another one, and I was just like, but that wasn't even the worst one. I mean, they just had a couple that were just god-awful. And I just... <sighs> well, you know, it's it, it, it's it's going to be an interesting last few months of the year now because we know who's going to run regular, or so it appears, um, yes. going to run regular all the way through the end of the year now. Action, Southern Honor, Southern Fried, Lariato, Renegade... Um, who am I forgetting there? Who's, 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 Pro who's, South. Who's, who's, Pro South, yeah. I mean, those mm-hmm. those they're going to be going at it every week, every two weeks, every month, whatever their schedule is. And, and now PCW, you know, we, I think, is going to run on the regular as well. So okay, and and then we know we know um, Viral has no building to run, and Peach State has no building to run. They're they're basically completely out of it. Uh, yeah. 
doing anything. And the AWE doesn't appear like they're going to run anything except for maybe a show at the end of December, right? Right, right, right. The the you see, you had mentioned that the show of the year, well, which they yeah. uh, they'll they'll do that. But we'll ask we can ask Mister Chip Day to enlighten us about yeah. that when he, when he comes on second half of the show. Um, what do you think? Shall we bring Mister Wills on the air? Oh, please do, sir. It's real to him. Let's find out how real it was in Jackson, Tennessee, Saturday night. We're very pleased to have the esteemed Dave Wills joining us on The Tipping Point. Welcome, sir. How the hell are you, Larry? Hello, Stephen Platinum. How are you doing today? today? Hey, Dave. Good to see you. So, did, so how far see did me? you have you to see me? No, what the hell? Who <laughs> do you, do you think you, have... you are of? Producer at the end of the, I'm not going to say that. Anyways, <laughs> how far did you have to travel to go to the uh, the Lawler show, David? Uh, well, I went the long way. I went up by Louisville and saw my buddy Kenny Bowling from it, and he's doing well. So, did you see any riots in Louisville? I said, yes, Bowling. He's always a riot. So, uh, I got to see him for a little bit and talk to Chris and Mayara and all. Good folks. Uh, Cool to me. I know other people have little things. I try to avoid heat with everybody. And then uh, I think it's about a four, about a five-hour ride, give or take stops and gas, probably about five, six to Jackson. It's about an hour from Memphis. Yeah. The, the, the problem with going to Jackson, there's no direct, at least from Atlanta, there's no direct way. you got to go up through through uh, Knoxville, to, or not, I mean uh, Nashville and over. To Nashville, Memphis. yeah. Yeah, seventy five twenty four to Ernie Jackson. It's not that hard to find, but it's it, it can be a ride if you're not in a move for a ride. Don't go. But uh, hey, hey. So since you mentioned Kenny Bolin, let, let's start with Bolin for a second. Is he staying out of yeah. legal jeopardy? Wasn't there wasn't there a big thing about his GoFundMe that was could be a problem? I don't know. For... He didn't talk about that. I just uh. said hello and <laughs> was around there. I hey, he, he, he's always at a good. He's always having a good day. So I mean, he was cool. I mean, I like Jim. I like Ken. Hey, I get along with Vince Russo. So I mean, you know, like I said, I try to be nice to everybody, and most everybody's nice to me. And you know, hey, Bert was great. I love Bert Prentice. He's awesome. So you know, hey, he was real cool. He was very happy to have me there at uh, Jackson. I'd met him for the first, well, the second time. I met him at Deep South. Uh, like for about two minutes, I said, "Hey Bert," and he said, "Hey," and then he walked back to the bag. But uh, he was he was real cool. They had a good show. I saw the Friday night show. That was good. They had a lot of local talent, a lot of young guys. You know, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I'm not the guy that sits over there and you know looks and critiques everything. Not saying anybody is, but I mean, you know, it was a good Southern wrestling crowd. I enjoyed it. No. Uh, some fun things. Did you see some things that look funny? Yeah, but I mean, did you see some things look good? Yeah, you're some great guys. I got to see Danny Dollar for a while. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I got to meet Lucky P. Larson. I, I like him. He's a pretty good guy. Uh, Rick Morton was there. Uh, Miranda Gordy did a did a real good match. Um, it, it was some great. They got some good talent there in USA, and that was pretty fun. So getting to do that and hang out on Friday night, and then. Saturday was the big shindig. I didn't have anything to do, so I went down there and, hey, I paid my dues. I'll pay a little more. Hey, let me set up the ring. I'll come in there and help out. So they put the ring up in the ball field and all. A lot of the fans who haven't been involved and think, all I got to do is make the matches and people show up. It's a little bit different, you know, because you got to promote. You got to have chairs. I mean, Platinum, you know what I'm talking about. You got to have chairs. You got to have, you know, all this other stuff, you got to have help, you got to have a ring, you got to have a cage. If you're doing a cage match, you got to have talent, you got to pay the talent, you got to get bookings for the talent, you got to make sure they're total and everything. It's a pain in the neck. God, I wouldn't do it to save my life. Uh, I looked at Bert, so, and I'm like, ooh, there's a man who hadn't got no sleep this week. And he pretty much said he hadn't got much sleep. So, well, you know. I mean, you know, Bert, I mean, he who, who else in 2020 has been running four nights a week? Five, four nights. Five nights. This, this was, yeah. This is five nights this week because he went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the big show on Saturday, and then they came back with the TV taping on Sunday, which I didn't stay for. But I think Doug Gilbert was there, and also I believe Dory Funk was also there, and some other talent too from uh, who stayed over. So, so they, uh, they, how, how did they? So they were at the ballpark, and you had mentioned yeah. that we talked. Uh, 
over the weekend that he they'd raised the uh, attendance limit. The mayor had raised the attendance limit. Do you have any idea how much how many they wound up drawing? I don't know how many they wound up drawing. I know that the reason why I know is because I have to set the damn things up. Chairs on the ball field were full. There were 300 and scattered from stands. I would guess I'm not a crowd counter by any means, but I would guess it was between you know. Oh, probably around thirteen to 1,600, maybe more. I could be wrong. Bert, I'm sure to have the numbers, but I don't know. But it seemed to be success. They had a lot of talent, though. I mean, you had Jim Ross, oh, Jerry Lawler, Bobby Eaton, um, uh, Barry Wyndham was there, Arn Anderson, uh, Reggie B. Fine, all the uh, talent for USA. Um, good Lord. I mean, just the ton- Thunder Rosa was there. She'd wrestled a great match with Miranda Gordy. A lot of fans really enjoyed that match. Um, Doug Gilbert, Tommy Rich, um, I'm Matt Riviera, the uh, rock and roll, Jerry Lawler. Lawler had a long line. Dundee was also there. Uh, Dundee was great. I told Dundee he should write another book, and hopefully there will be one coming out. Randy Hells was there. He's He mentioned he's coming out with a book, I think, next month, is that is. So that will be interesting to read if you're a Memphis fan. Yeah, but boy, uh, I, he, yeah. he's got some stories. He's got. I'm sure he's got a ton of stories to tell, Brian. Randy Hale. Oh, I'm sure. So, was uh, how about um, well, I'm looking at the list here. Quite an incredible list he's got of, of people. Boogeyman was was was, was Boogeyman there? Well, I know he was. He wrestled. So yeah, I know he was there. Yeah, I ran the I ran a boogie at the hotel and everything. I hadn't seen Marty in a long time. He's he's a great guy. I got to see him some in the the uh, uh, gathering they had up in Charlotte a few years back. He he's cool, man. He he. I mean, the man. I mean, you got to be dedicated to go through all the all the all the stuff, the process, to put on the gimmick, and you know, to paint yourself and to have the contacts, everything, and do the boogeyman thing. But I mean, the dude, so man, he's a good guy, and he trains and all. He's, he's a real nice guy. I was like the word of boogie and everything. He had a good match with a. He had a good match too. Um, and uh, oh, who was he? Who was he wrestled at? I'm sorry, I don't have my list in front of me. It was uh, what a Christian, I believe, Christian. James, I believe. Maybe yeah, I he, wrestled I believe of, so. he wrestled one of Burt's guys, right? One, one of the local yeah, guys. yeah, and they had uh, – Lucky P was in, in Christian's corner, so. And he, he was a nice guy, I met him too, so. How about it, Luger? It was, was Luger there? Was Luger there? Yeah, yeah, Luger was there. Luger was there. He had somewhat of a line and all, and, uh, you know, it was uh, – you know, they had a lot of talent. I mean, I don't know who brought him in. Sergeant Slaughter was there. I think Tony Hunter brought him in because Tony Hunter was there too. So, uh, Hunter shows back up. Tony Falk was there. We didn't have any waffles or tire irons, but it was great to meet Tony and talk to him for a while. He he really loves wrestling. I know some people have, some people have a lot of negativity against Eric Embry booking, but man, I love I love world class then because you had you know you had Cactus Jack, you had gorgeous Gary Young, and you know they got a real good push. And Akbar was in their corner against you know Eric, and he had who was his uh, partner. Oh, Percy Pringle, maybe the only one helping him for a minute, and Frank Dusick in the office is storyline cafe helping, and then you know troubleshooting referee Tony Falk. So, I mean, you had a, you had a, I just enjoyed it because I was sick of Avon Eric by that point in my in my time, and it was really enjoyable as far as that goes. So, but uh, they did do a nice tribute to Road Warrior Animal on the screen. I did see Scott uh-huh. Hensley there. Hey, Scott. So it, it, it was real cool and all. So I enjoyed that that aspect too. And well, they I, had uh, I mean, James Ellsworth wrestle Danny Dollar. J- Ellsworth was pretty good. He had a twenty twenty suck shirt. I don't think he sold quite a few of those. And in his corner was the one, the only one of the the original televangelists in wrestling. Man who wants to to build Wrestling Village USA, wants to help all the backsliders like Stephen Platinum. Oh, yes, Brother Goodman. Oh, it's a wonderful day here. We're going to go ahead and start the coalition to clear up wrestling with Brother Ernest Angel. And I got to be here. He was cool. (laughs) So hold up a second. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this don't have any idea who Ernest Angel is or was. Well, they need to get their butt on YouTube and look. Shoot. He's he's a great talent. I enjoyed it, man. You know, if you hadn't watched a lot of Memphis stuff, you know, I mean, you missed a lot of stuff. People think that the first heel owner, whatever, was Vince McMahon. No, look back at 85. You'll see a man named Tom Renisto, and he played a great 
matchmaker just bowling over for age who got mad and decided, Jerry Lawler, this match won't make any money. You don't want to put the title on the line. You want to wrestle Ric Flair. Well, you know, I want the stomper in a match. You, well, you don't want to put up the title. What kind of money is that going to draw? Of course, he's out. And what happens? I'm now going to be the booking agent for the stomper. And I thought Ernesto did a great job in that. But Ernest Angel, when the televangelist uh, thing started, that was tremendous. He was uh, the first, I guess, televangelist. He managed uh, old brother Gary Young and the overlord, Max Payne, who I thought was real good talent. They feuded with the uh, Blue Collar Bruce brothers a lot, and Tommy and Doug Gilbert. And that was uh, – it was interesting right there. He had some great skits, too. And uh, apparently they got a lot of uh, flack on that because people said he was making fun of religion. So they had to come out and say, why, Brother Russell, last for Brother Russell, we never said anything about religion. Why, we can have a meeting right here. You said this was a pulpit. This is a podium. We got to hear the TV station. You could, If we had a press conference at the Holiday Inn, why? That would be oppressive. We're not having a religious ceremony. Well, you're carrying a Bible, uh, Ernest. No, no, I say good book. A good book could be anything. You know, you might could even do a literary comment, uh, comment or maybe uh, maybe an illiterate commentary, I should say. I mean, Ernest Angel was hilarious. Hey, <laughs> Steve, did, did, you, did, did you ever see this guy we're talking about? Yeah. Yes, that? yes, I did. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, man. Else, man. He, he he was cool. I, I realized I met a lot of the wrestling managers later that night. They announced at the main event when they had the Rock and Roll and Lawler against Riviera and Gilbert and Rich. They also had uh, a special referees, Jerry Calhoun, who was a referee oh legend around Memphis. Yeah. And referee number two, yep, Pittsburgh, PA, Fortin King Boulevard, downtown Bruno. Mama says it bees that way sometimes. Jeez. So uh, that was a trip, too, right there. I loved it when he managed primetime. Had to knock and Paul down before they got to be the company that was bad. With about it, four it, other tag teams going on. David, it had, it had to be a trip seeing Tommy Rich and Tony Atlas in the ring in 2020, didn't it? Well, Tony Atlas was cool. Tony went out there, and, I mean, he was over. People were chatting USA and loved the guy. I mean, he, he was something else. Tony was out there. Him and Tom Pritchard worked a heck of a match. They worked, and I teamed with uh, LT Falk, who I'd seen before, and he, he's a great dude, too. And, uh, and uh, it was a fantastic little show right there. I mean, you know, I was, you know, shaking hands and being friendly. So I didn't sit down and watch every single match. But I did watch a lot of it. I mean, and everyone had a good time, as far as I saw. A lot of people were there. I ran into uh, one of the Georgia guys, not only Scott Hensley, but also uh, Billy Montana, who had a heck of a run with Kenny Arden as the tag team of Hot and Sexy. When I was with, uh, when I first met Arden and Montana at a show at North Cobb High School, um, I, <laughs> I was introduced, Dave, this is Billy Montana. He's the illegitimate son of Ronnie P. Gossett, which I popped immediately for. So that was great. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Billy Montana had the long hair and the big belly then, and he looks a lot like Alan Moore now. But uh, Billy Montana's great. I love I love me some Billy Montana. And they also had, uh, you know, there's a few other folks I ran to. Uh, I ran into uh, Eric from Stranglehold. He's cool. I know people, Steve, you know. Eric, ne- but, uh, Eric Nelson was there, eh? Yeah, I saw Eric Nelson and Mike Money in the lobby of the hotel, and they're great guys. I mean, you know, I've never had a problem with them. I enjoyed them. They're, they're good dudes, man, friendly and everything. Always been nice to me, and I think they're great guys, too. So, Just, just, a, just a shitty wrestling promoter, I guess. Well, that's, that's up for opinion. Somebody, somebody likes something, somebody don't, but you know, hey, I I like a lot of things. I I have people I like and people I don't like. But uh, yeah, you know, what can you do? You know, I mean, hey, hey well, they're cool to me. I haven't seen the show, but I've been to a lot of shows. I've been kind of like uh, Ed Wiskowski, Colonel of Beers. I start slow and taper off. So that's what I'm continuing <laughs> doing. So hey, if you but, could be uh, friendly with Russo, Bolin, and Cornette at the same time, that's that's some some some. Walking a walking a fine well, line. I there. mean, I don't have a dog in the fight. I mean, I you know, if if everybody's cool with me, I'm cool with them. Hey, I'm, I'm cool with Steve Platinum and everything. And you know, hey, Steve had some heat at one time with various people who I won't mention. 
But I mean, you know, you know, people who said things and did things. But hey, Steve's been cool to me. You know, don't agree with all of his opinions. But I don't agree with anybody's opinions. I mean, you know, you can't go out there. You know, if you agree with everybody's, you're a parent. Everybody likes what they like. Some people are going to think that. The Young Bucks are the greatest thing in the world. Some people are going to think the rock and roll are the greatest thing in the world. Some people are going to think that, uh, oh, I don't know. Some people may think that uh, <laughs> uh, whoever, downtown Bruno is the greatest manager in the world. Hey, you know, it's up for discussion. But, I mean, hey, you know, you like who you like. My favorite still the Barbarian. I love Barbarian. Hey, I still think he's ready for a run. Reggie B. Fine was there, and he looked like he was in great shape. <laughs> and that was a trip, beating Reggie B. Fine and seeing all the low yeah, well, budgets walking around. <laughs> I was just going to say, the low budgets. The, that was his Absolutely. The low budgets. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, he had, you know, the upt- you know they had the Uptown Posse with Brickhouse and uh, uh, Sweet Daddy Falcon. I can't remember if it was him or Darren Wise who managed him, maybe a little bit of both. And then they had the Blackbirds with Harold T. and Brickhouse and – uh, Action Jackson, I think at a time, and all or Iceman Parsons. It just depends. The great talent, man. Um, you know, good stuff. They I didn't. Hey, 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 Coco didn't have the Frankie with him, did he? I, he's on the poster. He's got Frankie, Frankie with poster. him. But it was great to see Coco. I actually was telling Sarge that uh, if they had booked DiBiase um, for the show. It would have been the first time that Slaughter, Coco, I, and Ted had been in a building together since we filmed Tosh.0 years ago in 2010. So it didn't happen, but that would have been cool. I would have liked that, but, you know, that's one of those, hey, that'd be cool, but, you know, they're going to sell a ticket? No, you know, but, hey, what can you do? Steve, you got any questions for Dave? I, I was just going to ask Dave, um, so what do you got going on right now? Is there anything you want to promote or talk about or anything like that? I know at one point no, you, were, no, I, you were taking bookings and all kinds of great stuff. So, uh, Well, if they want to call me, somebody will call me. If they don't want to call me, they don't. Hey, you know, I'm kind of like the Austin Isle of Georgia. Do I want to go do something or do I want to watch you? Or do I want to, you know, watch, uh, you know, Wonder Woman? I mean, you know, hey, Linda Carr is still over. I can do that, you know. Some people want to do it. Some people don't. Hey, I'm flexible. I travel. But, you know, if they want to get in hold of me, they can. I know where I'm at. I've done a little managing, done a little announcing, whatever. I mean, you know. But, uh, you know, it was a thrill to just go up there and see the show. I was able to, you know, even though I hadn't done too much, I've been able to do a little bit already. Not only did I do, you know, managing and whatever, I got the shot call a little bit years ago, whatever, uh, Steve Lawler came in with, uh, Phil Hefner in Rome for NAWA world for NAWA world, uh, ring warriors. And, uh, that was when, uh, the exotic ones were formed. And I was able to help out Daryl with that or help out Steve Lawler with that. And he got a little, I think him and Phil got a little cross, and I wound up getting the whole thing. And I have no desire to book because it's a thankless job, man. People got to realize wrestling is not just making the pretty matches and getting people in there. It's you got to promote, you got to sell the tickets, and you're not just competing against you know other promotions. You're competing against the football games. You're competing against the Netflix, the WWE Network, the iPad. You're competing now against coronavirus, against the political races. I mean. You know, it's it's a challenging job, and I just, you know, with uh, – I went on vacation uh, after we had a show in uh, – what do you call it? Um, uh, Cedartown, and then uh, I think Phil and uh, Byron Slaughter, they went out, and I think Air Paris took it over, and I didn't return, really. I didn't really have anything to do, and I was fine with that because I really didn't want to, you know – think my creative's taking some money away from somebody else's pocket, you know. I don't really, you know. It's a thankless job to a certain extent. If you're on top, hey, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. If it's not, it's not. But, you know, there still are some great promotions out there. I think uh, I think uh, Rome's running still up there a little bit here and there. Mike Golden and Jack Lord are up there. They're, they're good guys. They do a lot of good stuff up there. And they, uh, they have their shows and uh, – I think uh, quite a few places are running, so it's you still can find it. But I'm kind of 
you know, a little skittish myself with, uh, you know, pandemic still going on everything. I hate, I heard that the, uh, superstars canceled, uh, their little show or postponed. And I hate that. And I know Russell Cage not going to be this week, this year, but I know that Burt's running the show at the Omond arena on Thanksgiving Eve. So if you're around Jackson, Tennessee, or want to go to Jackson, Tennessee, well, Thanksgiving night is a big show. I think they also run Gladeville every two, every Friday, and it's like three hours away from here. And you know that was a good show. I enjoy. Hey, you know, Mark Wills actually sang the national anthem too. He came up from Woodstock. Uh, country music singer Mark Wills. Apparently, he's known Bert for a while and known Lawler and all. And he was a good dude. He was real friendly and all. Took pictures with the fans. He drove straight in and was at the Friday oh, yeah, night you- show and. You know, Bert had, and, had ins with with the country music business from back when he oh, was yeah. in Nashville with, with with various people. How about you? Did, did I understand right? Kid Rock was there too. Absolutely, quite a few people were taking pictures with Kid Rock. Um, maybe he joined the coalition. I saw Brother Ernest. Uh, well, I didn't see him, but a friend of mine said they saw Brother Ernest give Kid Rock a hug. So maybe he donated a gold record to Wrestling Village USA, where the streets will be paved with gold records for all the retired wrestling personalities. So, <laughs> but yeah, Kid Rock was there, and John Daly showed up for some reason. They did. Uh, he was also there, and they did a really nice tribute not only to Animal, but they did a nice tribute to Lawler. They had a lot of the. Uh, they had Flair on there talking about them. They had Stone Cold. They had a lot of Cleveland Browns, some WWE personalities. They ran it over the uh, big screen out in the outfield. It was really cool. I mean, it was a nice thing. Lawler entered on a horse. They did a little angle where Jimmy Hart went with Rivera, um, Gilbert, and Rich. And then they did the finish where uh, Rivera asked for the microphone. He goes to throw it to... It's like, who's he going to throw it to? Instead of throwing it to Riviera, he throws it to Lawler. Lawler decks him. Nailed him. One, two, three. Pinfall. Everybody throws babies. Uh, uh, the heart takes off his jacket, celebrates with the faces. It, it was a good go-home show. And uh, it was real cool. They had a little after party for a lot of the talent involved. I got to be able to go and, and play over there for a little bit and said hello. And I had some friends of mine come up from uh, – Savannah, Tennessee, and Buddy Joey and, and uh, Justin Hannah and all. So we got to hang out for a while. So it was a great time. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And a lot of folks were up there. It was really, really cool to see a lot of folks. Um, oh, I'm leaving off so many that were there. It's, I just hate if I left somebody off. I hate it. But they had uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, Dylan McQueen was really entertaining. He When he wrestled Miranda, uh, Miranda Gordy and – uh, he also was entertaining when he was in the Tom Pritchard, Tony Atlas, uh, LT Fogg match, too, with the, I think the Brothers of Destruction or the Team of the I'm sorry, I can't remember the name offhand. But yeah, it, it was, it, it was a fun guy. little show. Yeah, I've been curious about McQueen. How did, how did Miranda Gordy look? Miranda Gordy looked great. I enjoyed seeing her. Her and Thunder Rosa wrestled a real good match. A lot of people, I heard a lot of scuttlebutt to fans say that was one of the best matches of the night right after the match going on. I listen a lot when I go there, see what people mm-hmm. like, what they don't. Also, I think a lot of the talent was over there. Jason Jones was the ring announcer. He's from out of Arkansas and runs some in Missouri and all. And he was uh, really, uh, really promoting the show and trying to, you know, sell gimmicks and run around and all. And he was helping out getting things done. He, well, it was funny. He popped me because he says that, uh, he said, listen, don't anybody be mad. I'm the embodiment of the wrath of Bert. When Bert says something, I say something. If Bert gets mad, I get mad. If Bert wants something, I want something. Don't be mad at me. I'm like, that's all right. I think that would be a hell of a gimmick. But uh, Bert was cool. Jason was cool. And I got nothing negative. I can't bury nobody. Scott Hensley was there having a good time. It looked like a lot how about of people Dan, had a good how time. How about Dan Masters? Did he show up? Dan Masters, whether Bambi was there, Candy Divine was there. Dan, Dan, Dan was good. He said, what? He was having a good time. A lot of folks, man. I like I'd say there's so much talent, I can't remember them all, man. I didn't take any notes. I'm flying blind on this. But, hey, you know, call it in the ring. Call, call it on the radio, I say, you know. <laughs> awesome. Well, Dave, we appreciate you coming on and letting us know the scuttlebutt of what went down My and who's pleasure. doing what with what. Indeed, follow me at Still Real Dave on Twitter. I'm still there. I don't say a whole lot because 
like uh, like a lot of people, I really don't see why anybody gives a damn what I have to say at any particular time of day. And I really don't see why anybody gives a damn about what anybody has to say at any given time of the day. But, eh, whatever. It's fun. You get to post a few pictures. You get to make some friends. I met a buddy of my name, Judo J. I talked to for a while. He was cool. His son was cool. It, it was a real fun time. It was a real fun time. I'd recommend it. Um, and, hey, you know, it was a great crowd and all. Like I said, I'm sure attendance will come out. But I, it looked like it was uh, fairly fun. And, you know, hopefully they'll do uh, something big again. Hopefully, ho- Hopefully it's not a super spreader event. There wasn't a lot of. Social distancing or mask, I don't think that really happens. I think that's really a work, kind of, and with uh, wrestling fans. Some, of course, are legit, but there was some mask wearing there. But, you know, I just but, hope but not taking the, my mask For the mask most off. part, no. For the most part, no. No, no, no. I think, well, I mean, you know, if you're going to pay, I think the, I think some of the pictures, I think Tony Hunter was doing, it was like 20 and 40 or 30 and 60, I think. So, I mean, you're not going to want to have a mask on when you're taking those if that's your one shot. It, it was still slaughter. I talked to him for a while, and Sarge said he still enjoyed the business as much as he did. I said, you ever get tired of this? He goes, no, not at all. So, and hmm. Slaughter's still, hmm. he, he's always been cool with me. So, hey, he's just, yeah, freaking Joe. Hey, dude, I'm still marking that. What can I say? So, I wonder, has, has anybody run a show since the pandemic uh, started? That drew 1,500 people? Has anybody even tried something on that scale? I don't know, but, I mean, you know, I mean, it was Jerry Lawler's 50th. I think a lot of people were there. I I think Doug Gilbert, I think that they had the right – they were honoring the right guy and had the right – had the right uh, opponents. Also, Dory Funk Jr. was there with Marty. As why she was, both of them were there. He appeared on the Friday show too, and uh, he was there. And, and Superstar Dundee was there. He was talking about maybe writing another book. So I told him, mm-hmm. please do. He said maybe a tell-all. So he, he's not bleaching the hair, so he looks a little bit different than Superstar Dundee did. But uh, <laughs> you know, well, obviously, but. Uh, you know, he how, was cool, so. how, how old? He's he's in his seventies now, isn't he, Dundee? I think he's from seventy nine, seventy six. I can't remember. Google, I can help, Jeez. but I think he's he's still there. He still works quite a bit now. But Lawler's in his seventies. He's still working. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, with guys like you know Lawler and rest is so Bob Armstrong. Some of these guys who are older who still work almost you know periodically, you know, a few times a month, once a week, whatever. I mean. It, it, you don't hear a lot about someone passing in the ring, but I mean, it does happen. I mean, look at Moondog Spot. I mean, Larry Booker passed that way, you know. So I mean, ho- hopefully not anytime soon. But uh, you know, it's uh, you know, bless them for being able to keep on going after all this time. I mean, I hope I can get around like that when I'm seventy. Shoot, I see him getting around better than. Some people who were there who were about thirty or forty. I mean, honestly, that's a shoot. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, thanks, so. thanks a bunch for uh, giving us the the insight on, on on how things went over there in Jackson. We appreciate it very much. My pleasure. We'll do it again sometime. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy. Stay tuned. The tipping point. They're still real to me. Later. All right, man. The man can talk. Um. Yeah. So, you know, I asked that question, and do you know, Steve, has anybody even tried a show on the scale of 1,500, 2,000 people? Um, I, you know, as soon as, as soon as you brought that up, I went and looked, and I don't really see anything like that um, anywhere, uh, indie-wise, in the country. So Yeah, I mean, unless you're going to run a ballpark, nobody's going to allow it. Uh, or I, I don't know where they would. Maybe in, in some red states they might allow it, but um, but but a, a group of that size, that many fans together. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I could hear your sharp intake of breath when you heard the crowd number. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it well, it was outdoors. It was in a ballpark, so hope hopefully uh, everybody comes out healthy. Yeah. Well, do we have our next illustrious guest? You know, Steve, I'm disappointed to say I do not see him in okay. the, in the green room. 
And uh, we touched base this morning. So um, well, we'll see what goes on. Sometimes he's got work. Sometimes he's got things going on. But yeah. um, I, I, I yeah. want to talk about these, uh, you know, because when you and I had a discussion about who's going to cover what show, I, it reminded me of, again, I've, I say this all the time, but it bears repeating, like no place got it like Georgia, where, where you and Rob coordinate who's going to what show to give the maximum coverage. I, I hope. You know, so you're going likely to Southern Honor, right? And then Rob's going to Action, and then that's right. Uh, and then you're not sure if you're going to the SCI um, Futures up and or Future, Southern that's Fried, it, or, or, or Southern Fried. But right. like, and no matter who doesn't get covered directly by one of them, one, I would encourage you to have somebody else write a report. I've certainly put up guidelines that I think work really well for the reports. You should have, you know, watched that, everybody. Um, but uh, more than that, that's remarkable. I mean, because there was a time where it was you or it was you, right? So, and I mean, I know Scott Hensley would fill in the blanks for the SCI, but there's just yes. something there about having like an outside set of eyes. It's, it's, I love when Hensley goes to a show that's not his. Me too. Boy, he, 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 he writes some good he puts out some good stuff when he goes to a show that's not one of his and gets gets some good insights yeah I just, I just, and, you I, know now we got that guy a guy over in uh augusta area uh charles felder who's going to start you know presuming things get up and yeah. running more over there he's going to start sending in because he goes he goes to all the shows over there so he's on board yeah i'm all about it from that area and so. uh you know it's a great way to contribute especially if you're one of these you know, if let's say you're a young wrestler or someone trying to get onto a show or trying to be seen and you're not on that show, I bet you they certainly would appreciate a well-written report. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody loves to read. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited that there's going to be such great coverage of the big shows because, I mean, that's a big, that's a big weekend. You got yeah. Southern Honor, Southern Fright in action. Um, it's, that's that's huge, and you have the SCI doing a thing, so it's a very exciting weekend in uh, in pro wrestling in Georgia and and the surrounding area. I just I think it's it really feels like things are coming back, Larry. Or am I just overstating it? Just because we had a bunch of nothing for a while, <laughs> now there's something. Well, no, I think in the other one I didn't mention earlier when we were talking about promotions running now through the end of the year is Anarchy's going to be back right. uh, starting October, starting 10th. October 10th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're only so, going to run once in October. Maybe it's only once in November. I'm not sure about that. I know it's only once in October. Um, but they're, the plan is to, you know, get back on a regular schedule. I think, too, I mean, if it's true that the WWE wants their leases up at Amway yeah, and they've sort of hinted that they're going to go places. Um, I'm really interested on how they're going to do that. I, I yeah. just, I mean, obviously, ideally you want some kind of live crowd. I think they've gotten everything out of Thunderdome they can. And so they got to get in front of some people, man. And uh, I don't know. It all feels very precarious. But at the same time, I mean, people don't – wrestling never stopped. It's kind of insane when you think about it, you know. So, Well, yeah, I wonder what kind of per- percentage fill they're going to do with the building. Is it going to be like AW's 10% or 20% or – well, it isn't going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um you know, and hey, before we uh, go, congratulations on a year and a half straight of full disclosures. <laughs> it is so nuts. Um, last for better night, or worse. Uh, yes, last night I um, I did something that my kid was so thrilled about, which was I um, I uh, organized all of the stuff. So now there's basically places you can go. On, on my YouTube channel, like where all the full disclosures are in one place and all of the raw reviews are in one place, et cetera, et cetera. 
you know how long it took me to organize one video at a time and putting it in a folder? Well, we're two talking to how hours plus. Sure. Talking two a couple hours hundred videos plus. Easy. Yes. Yeah, it, it ended up being um, in the mid 300s. Oh, wow. And, um, and full disclosure is the bulk of that. Um, it was kind of nice to travel down memory lane a little bit, you know, like, oh, there's where me and the kids made fun of Eric Nelson or where (laughs) that's where, you know, the first full disclosure, do you know what it was about? Because I I didn't have the, I didn't have the format down. So it was just, I was inspired by uh, this event. It was when Priscilla Kelly, (laughs) Pulled out the the, the, the uh, tampons. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. You got off to a, a, a quite a juicy start there, so to speak. Yeah, that was the subject of the first one because, of course, everybody was raining hellfire down upon her, and I took the contrary position, which was it's a bar show and bar shows don't count. And I gave a little tutorial on like, here's the difference between a bar show and wrestling and a regular show. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then she commented on the thing herself saying how much she appreciated, you know, someone taking up for her and that kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's strange to see how things evolved and things grew like they have with tipping point. I, I think we well, would be shocked. I should take a look and see how many tipping points we've done and you know, how things have changed. It's pretty great pretty great yeah i mean if if you wanted to see the history of georgia wrestling over the last year and a half you watch you look at your full disclosures all the all the big stories are there for the last year mm-hmm. and a half they've all been caught you've covered and, all of them and if you want to see who's who and what's what i think the the people that we've interviewed on the tipping point alone when you look at where a lot of these guys have gone guys and women uh i mean all these people who are getting signed possibly getting signed did get signed you know uh, yeah, made an appearance I, on the tipping point. It is, it is a, it's a thing where, um, you know, because we're so focused on the Georgia scene, not exclusively the Georgia scene, but certainly the Georgia scene, we care. And um, so it's, it's just a great thing to do. It's a great thing to be on. Past award winners go on to a great deal of success. I mean, think about all the past award winners who are now headlining shows. You have wrestlers mm-hmm. of the year going against each other in Logan Creed and Gunnar Miller. You have guys that were feud of the year um, going up against, you know, technical wrestlers of the year of the past and um, all that kind of great stuff. It's just such an exciting time. Um, I have a quick question before we get going, assuming Chip yeah. doesn't call in, Larry. So, you know, we had a discussion um, with a number of people who helped out a lot, Nick Myron, uh, Rob Rod, um, about the awards. Do you have a Do you have a feeling now? Now that we're we're kind of a month away from that, what's your thought about the awards and whether my, they could happen, should happen? My thought now is the is the same as it was at the end of that discussion on tipping point, which was um, I'd be definitely leaning towards awards rather than nothing particularly when it looks like we're going to be full bore going into the end of the year here for for yeah. most of the promotions um, i loved your idea about restricting the amount of people for each award i think that'll mm-hmm. also give them a kind of a poignant uh value as well and a couple of the categories to me look like they've like i can see who the three are right now you know like for Booker, it seems like it's it's Todd, it's Dylan, it's Ace Haven, but that could change. And I would be interested to see if somebody made a, a strong play to try to take one of those spots. But to me, that's one of those categories that I feel is like locked up with its three right. Um, so I, yeah, I just find o- it all. The, mm-hmm. the only regret I have is you know this the the. Uh latency recency thing there's nothing you can really do about it that the good stuff that happened in the first few months of the year the january february you know that's likely not to get the consideration of what happens here in the fall but you know that's just the kind of the way it goes with things like this um yes i mean it, it is unfair like it's always been the case somewhat but this year i mean there's 
uh, almost a literal wedge that got driven in between. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like everything that happened before March doesn't even exist, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that includes last year. I think a lot of people tend to forget how last year went, honestly. Because, I mean, again, you had Viral, who was contending hard. AWE made this huge comeback. And I, I always just kind of lament that those guys aren't running. And it's not their fault. Of course it's not their fault. But it you can't help but – I saw a post from Viral where they were like, well, you know, I think the show that we did in February was like the show of the year. But it's like, yeah, but <laughs> – <laughs> not really, right? Because if because if you if you make that argument, then Southern Honor certainly did a great show at the beginning of the year as well. But it's people aren't going to remember it, you know. So it is what it yeah. is. We're just trying to make the best of it, certainly. Yeah, Tim. I mean, to me, I think we talked about this, all, all, you know, all, in an offline conversation that, that the um, Eric Stevens Eddie Kingston match for AWE was one of the best matches I saw in Georgia this year. But that's that's like ancient history now um and of course they're not neither one's really georgia guys anyway but um those kind of things are unfortunately going to get lost in the shuffle even even the joe black huck match um hopefully that doesn't get lost in the shuffle but it's so long ago now uh congratulations by the way that reminds me of joe black was on that eddie kingston yes yeah and apparently went over i can't wait to get a hold of that thing and see it um it's really exciting and it's the right guy at the right time. You know, Eddie Kingston right now is doing great stuff uh, and uh, continues to do so in AEW. It's one of the feel good stories. I think it's a good reminder to you that there are like stories to feel really good about in AEW and WWF or WWE as they continue to run. I think Eddie Kingston getting a gig is one of my favorite stories of the year. Really? You're here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, sir, um, maybe we'll get chip day one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what we can do about that. But, I, 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 um, I just, yeah, I just made another check here and no, I don't get any, I don't have anything from him. So hopefully another time. So it goes, so it goes, but, uh, but Larry and I will be back in a couple of weeks and we'll see. We'll see what we can do. I think I think Kylan King uh, hopefully will be up for doing this show. So I will try to do my level best to confirm that. But until then, thank you to Dave Wills, our guest tonight. And for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. Thank you for joining us for The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast. Production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.